We're speaking today with Dr. Joan Iflin, an expert on food addiction, who, as a researcher, author, teacher, and entrepreneur, advances the cause of unrefined eating. Joan holds a doctorate in addictive nutrition and is the founder and CEO of Victory Meals, a comprehensive and long-term diet management program. She's the author of Sugars and Flowers, How They Make Us Crazy, Sick, and Fat, and the founder and chair of the Food Addiction Council at the American College of Nutrition. Joan, I'd love to begin our discussion by asking you to describe your own journey from being, as you put it in your book, Crazy, Sick, and Fat, to an expert in an emerging area of nutrition and founder and CEO of Victory Meals. Well, Kate, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it is a pleasure to be here. Uh, yes, uh, 18 years ago, almost 19 years now, I was crazy sick and fat. I had depression, irritability, anxiety, and shame. I call it DOS. And I had done all the therapy, you know, I'd done all the childhood issues work and the women's weekends and I was still losing my temper and being very critical, crabby. And then in January of 1996, I uh, started to address a weight problem. I was yo-yo dieter. And I went to a group that eliminated just sugars and flour, so refined carbohydrates. And I was shocked at what happened. I was thrilled, kind of shocked. It was like winning the lottery every day. But I noticed on the fourth day that I woke up and I didn't have cravings, my head had cleared, and I didn't have the mid-morning and mid-afternoon and late evening slump. I had steady energy through the day. I was eating a lot of food, and I thought, well, I can't possibly lose weight, but at the end of that first week, I had lost two pounds and continued to lose two pounds. But the real shock came in the third week when I realized I um, hadn't had a meltdown, I hadn't found it necessary to criticize anybody, I mean, everybody seemed to be behaving. And it hit me like a ton of bricks that that was about the food. Well, uh, fortunately, I went to uh, the support group and I said, do people feel less irritable and rageful <laughs> and critical? And all 20 people in the room shook their heads yes, nodded their heads yes, and I was shocked. I went on to have a huge improvement in physical health. My allergies went away. I'd had a constant sinus infection that went away, and um, the fatigue went away. But uh, I just found it so easily then to also lose the weight. I just stopped worrying about it, focused on the food. I weighed and measured everything that we ate on the third week. I realized I was feeding my children food that made them, made them irritable with me, so I stopped doing that. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, life just soared. Uh, the, the sky was the limit. I wrote the book, and uh, I attracted a lay education practice, you would call it, and then I went back to school, to school for new fields to get that PhD. And ever since then, I've been, you know, swimming knee-deep in the research. So it's been a terrific journey. That's amazing. And, and tell us a little bit about um, what made you uh, found uh, Victory Meals, and what's that about? That is so interesting. What I saw in the research is that cravings are the key. Cravings drive people crazy. 
Cravings drive people to lose their minds and eat things that they should not be eating. Eat things that they know are harmful for them. But what we see in the research now, it's so interesting, is that when people are in a craving state, the uh, thinking parts of the brain stop working, which is not going to be a, much of a surprise to a lot of people. People kind of wake up after eating something and say, why did I eat that? Well, we ate it because the learning, memory, decision-making, and inhibition centers of the brain actually stop firing during a, a craving. So we literally lose our minds, that we lose contact with those databases, if you will. Uh, we lose the connection. So um, what I saw was that uh, people needed the opportunity to eat this very, I call it clean food, it's unprocessed food, without having to think about it. So I was sending people into these intensely triggering environments called grocery stores and uh, expecting them to learn in those environments and to make decisions in those environments, and you cannot do that. You can do that after a while, but you have to lay in a new layer of conditioning. You basically have to disassociate eating from craving. And you can do that because uh, unprocessed foods don't trigger cravings. So you just make the brain believe that there are only unprocessed foods out there, and the cravings stop. And after a while, the brain is not so sensitive, it's not so reactive. And then people can, uh, can go into a grocery store without being triggered. They can buy food, they can take it home, and they eat it. But a lot of times our clients just find out, just figure out, well, this is affordable, super convenient. Why would I stop? So we have clients who are with us year after year. That's really interesting. Um, based on what you just said, one often hears the phrase, well, I'm addicted to chocolate or donuts or french fries. But is it the same thing as being addicted to drugs or alcohol? It sounds like it is. And if so, what are some of the signs that this may be a problem for someone? Good questions, Kate. Um, we see in the brain imaging research that the brain is doing exactly what the brain of a drug addict is doing. <clears throat> so it's over-excited, it's highly sensitized. You put a cue, a trigger, in front of the eyes of a drug addict and that brain just starts pumping out craving chemicals. Well, food addiction is quite a bit worse because we are so uh, comprehensively exposed to processed food triggers, advertising, availability, social events, business events, holiday events, family events. I mean, it just goes on and on. We're not only are we exposed to availability of these foods, but then we're kind of pressured to use them. Oh, you could have one bite, but I made it just for you. But it's your birthday, but I made it, and on and on. So, you know, you just don't hear people doing that with cocaine, for example. You can expect to go <laughs> to a social event and not be leaned on to snort a line. But if you pass up so-and-so's chocolate pie, you could be, their feelings could be hurt for a long time. So it's actually worse. Another reason it's worse is because... Um, in processed food addiction, there's something called peripheral signaling, which means the stomach, the liver, the pancreas, the gut, um, 
start secreting peptides at the site of these very calorie-dense processed foods, and those peptides travel to the brain and kind of lend fuel to the overexcitement up there. So, and the other thing that's worse about processed food addiction is that it starts in childhood. Most addictions start in teenagehood. Addictions rarely start in your 40s. Like people just don't tend to pick up cocaine in their 40s. But uh, sugar addiction, flour addiction, processed fat addiction, salt addiction, even now uh, dairy and caffeine addiction will start in childhood because these products are being promoted to children over television. So when do you know that you're in trouble? Uh, you might develop a symptom, high blood pressure, elevated cholesterol, uh, overweight that you can't get on top of, or um, elevated glucose. And uh, that's, that's, a, that's a sign that your brain has made this uh, harmful decision just too many times. And there's probably a pattern, and there might be some conditioning established in the brain. Um, without the presence of harm, uh, it's not addictive. If you can have a donut every now and then and, and you don't just start thinking obsessively about donuts after that experience, you're not addicted. Go ahead, enjoy it. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, can you give us some practical advice then about how we can successfully eliminate most processed foods from our busy lives. Okay, the main thing is to start with the triggering. It's to uh, become conscious, aware of where are you being stimulated by advertisements and by availability. Really, the best thing to do is to get your house cleared out and have cut up fruit available have um, you know sliced chicken in the refrigerator or sliced steak in the refrigerator all the time and uh, figure out a routine now we have a video on uh, Amazon instant download and I think it's called um, a victory over food addiction or something from the victory meals kitchen but it shows people how to make all their food in two hours on Sunday afternoon Go to the grocery store, do a 20-minute shopping, and then come home and turn on the video because it is a it is a step-by-step -step video. You run with it. It's a two-hour video. By the end of two hours, you have baked your chicken and you've broiled your salmon and you've made your turkey burgers, etc. You've cut up your vegetables and they're in baggies. They're pre-measured. Uh, you've baked your sweet potatoes. You've baked your your spaghetti squash. You've boiled your rice. Your beans are done and you're done for the week. So that all week long you're pulling prepared food out of your own refrigerator. You know exactly what's in it, and um, it's pretty easy to do, but it is so worthwhile. Two hours. Two hours. Joan, is that on your website? It's, uh, the link to the video is on our website, victorymeals.com. Great. And the book, uh, even though the book is out of date, uh, uh, The Sugars and Flowers, How They Make Us Crazy, Sick and Fat, that is a very step-by-step -step how, uh, how to manage a family life in this world where most prepared foods are processed. So I did this for my family eight years running without fail. I just knew it was the most important thing and 
I have to say my kids went from being very middle of the road, they were 11 and 12 years old when I started this, to being just stars. So it's worth it. It's worth it. Let me ask you this question. Um, if someone is interested in this whole topic um, of nutrition, but nevertheless doesn't have a PhD yeah. uh, in it, how can we navigate this minefield of contradictory information out there on food, get a better understanding, and stop worrying about what we're eating? Well, that is the cool thing about this program is that if you do this for five days and you get through withdrawal, and yes, these are addictive foods, so you do go through withdrawal, and you get that mental clarity on the fourth or fifth day, you really begin to value and become attached to feeling fantastic. And the, the next time you have a bite of something processed, uh, and you notice you have a couple of days of depression and fatigue afterwards, you're just like, wow, I don't want to lose two days out of my life. Um, I want to make every day in my life enjoyable. I, I don't like having this headache. I don't like having the stomach ache. I don't like feeling crabby. And people gradually develop what I call a natural aversion. And so they they will seek, like you can go into a restaurant and you can typically find on a menu what I would call a clean protein, which is, could be a hamburger, could be a turkey burger, it could be a, a pork chop or a steak, or certainly a fish fillet or a bowl of shrimp. Though you can find a clean protein, what's a little more difficult is finding a clean starch. Often you're stuck with potatoes, which is, you know, okay. And then you have a salad with that. So it's really just about ignoring all the advice that comes comes to you. It, there's, there's nothing new. And so the advice that comes to us is generally over a news outlet, and it has to create something new. Well, this is extremely old, and it's very consistent. It doesn't change. This approach to eating is not... Uh, really amenable to mainstream media because it's just the same. I mean, I often, when I start talking, apologize for sounding like a broken record. But bodies have not changed in hundreds of thousands of years, and we still need proteins and plants. Simple. It's really incredibly simple, and it's cheap. I, mean, I was, uh, now this is many years ago, but really you can do this program for, oh, you know, maybe a 30 or 40 pounds a week per person. It's nothing compared to eating out or picking up fast food sure. or any of those things. Well, uh, before we wrap, let me ask you this. Uh, does Victory Meals have any expansion plans for London? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> we, are, we just celebrated the fourth anniversary of Victory Meals, and we are still working out the kinks. Uh, we... I was very surprised to learn, for example, how many Americans, now Victory Meals is in Houston, Texas, which is like the epicenter of bad eating, but uh, I was very surprised to learn that about 10% of our clients have taste issues. Their taste buds are blown out, as our chef would say, and um, they can't 
they can only taste really concentrated, sweet, salty tastes. And so that is something that we that we continue to need to work out before we uh, duplicate this business. And um, the idea of variety. So somehow people can get the same fast food meal for you know five or six times a week for years on end, but because that's an addictive product. But if they get uh, sweet potatoes and you know, fish too many times in a row, it becomes bland to them. So we're working very hard on issues of variety. And uh, yeah, but we will expand. This is this is a great way to make money without uh, hurting people. And frankly, most of the ways that people make money today hurt people. Oh, that was a terrible overstatement. But at least in the food industry, uh, the food industry has now kind of deliberately gone out and, and provoked people into these conditioned cravings. And uh, we're rapidly reversing that. That's interesting. Now let me ask you one more question. I know I saw on the Victory Meals website that you do do uh, counseling over Skype. That's a possibility. Yes. So if someone is interested in knowing more directly from you, yes, um, they can go on the website, get in touch, and yeah. uh, take it from there. Email me at Joan J O A N dot Ifland, which is I F as in Frank L A N D at Victory Meals M E A L S dot com. You're welcome to email me. That's terrific, Joan. Um, this has been a fascinating discussion. Yeah. Uh, we have learned a lot uh, about nutrition, about food addiction, about how simple it is to do yourself a big favor, eat well and feel great. And I want to thank you for being on Tanisha oh, Talks. Thank you for having me, Kate. Thanks.